We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's going on, everybody? This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show. We're recording this on the first Monday of the winter meeting, so there's probably going to be a lot of news flying in. There's already been a lot of news today, but over the next week or so, there'll be a lot to talk about. Today, we're joined by Rich Kaufman, who's been on the show a few times. Rich, what's up? What's up, guys? How you doing? Pretty good. Uh, Scott, how's it going? I'm doing well. I'm excited for the winter meetings. I was I was talking on the on Bronx Pinstripe's Twitter. It's almost like there's a game on, but there's not. So there's a lot of news flying in. So uh, I'm I'm excited for it and ready to, ready to see some good signings. Yeah, and it's just comes just in time when the the NFL season is starting to take a dip, and I feel like people are just waiting for the playoffs to come around. At least I what are you am. talking about? Wait, 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 dip? <laughs> there's there's no dip. This was actually a great week. This was a great week in the NFL. The Jets awful. the Jets destroyed the Giants. After just, I mean, just embarrassing loss. Patriots look like a like a look like the Jets. <laughs> and, and, you stole the words from me. I was gonna say I felt like I was watching a Jets game. So yeah, it was a, it was a good week in the NFL. All right, well, let's get to that Giants Jets game because obviously, Rich, you're a Giants fan. Scott, everyone knows you're a Jets fan. Um, I watched. I was actually in Manhattan for the game. It was kind of fun to be around that atmosphere. Uh, the the bar was going nuts. There was a Jets fan there that was. If you know, if you look up Jets fan in the in the dictionary, it was this guy, this bald guy, thick, thick accent, 
probably just been beaten down by life and, and Jets terrible football for 40 years. Every time the Jets moved the ball more than a yard, he started the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets chant. No, he didn't. That's an exaggeration. I, yeah. No, that's not an exaggeration. Not an exaggeration. And the Giants started chanting, Jets suck, Jets suck. It was a whole big thing. But uh, that was an interesting game. What happened, Rich? What happened with the Giants? Uh, I don't know. They've blown like four game, four or five games this year in the last, I don't know, five minutes. Uh, it's just, I think it's it's time for Tom Coughlin to go. I think he's worn out his uh, his welcome, so to speak. That has nothing to do with the defense, just not showing up in the fourth quarter either. Well, I mean, if it's that whole fourth and two bothers me so much, I don't even want to talk about it. Well, no, we should talk about it because it's fun to talk about because but it was such a controversial play. I understand you want to end the game right there and go for the yeah. score, but take take you got to take the points. You got to go for three. There's a lot of people who are on totally different sides of this. I was listening to Mike today on the radio, and he's he, I mean he calls everybody an idiot who says kick the field goal because ten and thirteen are pretty much the same thing to him. Basically, it's two scores. You're not you're not adding a score there, and the fact that the Giants couldn't stop anybody was uh you know the reason reason why he says go for it and you know give them the big the long field so rich do i don't you know think- as a jets fan i was happy you guys didn't kick because we at least had the option to kick a field goal when we did drive down and and uh didn't execute the touchdown drive well, so well here's a question rich do you think if they took the points and it's 13 point lead do you think the giants still hold them probably not so then Coffin was so right guess- to go for it I guess, yeah. I mean, and there was that earlier play, that fourth down, that, you know, the crowd wanted him to go for it, and he didn't. So he probably, you know, he changed his mind on that. He's probably thinking, my offense is better than my defense. I'm going to let them try and win the game. It was kind of like, I mean, a different scenario, but when Belichick went for it fourth and two in Indianapolis a few years ago, he knew that his defense wasn't going to stop Peyton Manning. His best chance was for Tom Brady to get the two yards. That's probably what uh, Coughlin was thinking. Yeah, it was just the whole day was frustrating. Then you got Odell Beckham kicking the ball. And getting oh, that was awesome. I mean, it, it didn't hurt you. Doing. It didn't hurt you, though. But it's just like, what? It's just, you cannot do that. You cannot do that. I know. I was so happy. I was like, oh, kick the ball again, dude. <laughs> it's like, I couldn't believe you kicked the ball. It's like, that's an obvious penalty. I don't care what happens. Yeah, just, I, don't, I don't care what your intentions were. That's a penalty. Very frustrating. Dumbass. I was expect. I was. I was mad. It was more. It wasn't more than five yards. The Giants are like a team, like a baseball team without a closer. Where it's they look awesome for eight innings and then their bullpen comes in and implodes. It feels like the last few minutes of every game, it's either their clock management or their defense is imploding and costing them games. Yeah, and it's gonna cost them the playoffs because Maybe. I don't know. That, I mean, that division still, is still up for grabs. NFC East is just a train wreck, so it's gonna come down to you know, who sucks less by the, at the end of the season. I mean, tonight, what, if the Cowboys win, right, they're still in it. It's ridiculous. There'll be a game, there'll be a I game think, back, I think. Yeah, I mean, the Redskins could really not lock stuff up, but they it's could. It's not like they're good. They're not good. No, they're the least <laughs> They only win at home. They don't win on the road. They're not a good team. So, I mean, yeah, anything can happen. Absolutely anything can happen. Literally a 6-10 and a six and ten team could make the playoffs, could win the division. So, so Rich, you think Coughlin's out after this year? You think this is it? I think so. I think he's on the hot seat for sure. If they don't make the playoffs, forget about it. I feel like there's been that narrative going into every season for the last like five years with him. Yeah, but I, I, I think this is it. I think this is his last kind of his last stand. 
I guess you could say. So at some point, everybody's just ready for a change, you know, whether it's I mean, whether it's him or actually him or not. They're just people are just ready for a change, and I feel like that's what the Giants fans are. Just let me just give me somebody different. He's seventy years old, right? I mean, he's. Yeah. I mean, come on. Time to. But you see him coach a game like he did against the Patriots, and it's like, I mean, it's I I don't think he's totally lost it. No, he still wants to coach. You know, even if he leaves the Giants, he's still going to want to coach somewhere else. But and he'll get a job. Yeah, yeah. He needs to just retire. You, you win two Super Bowls, you're gonna, you know, you'd be wanted somewhere. But I think it's time to draft a uh, draft a replacement for Eli and uh, get a new coach. <laughs> You've already got Eli up, Eli on the way out. That was yeah. Ryan Ryan Nassib from uh, Syracuse. No, nah, that's not. He's the heir apparent. That's not the answer. <laughs> Dude, quarterbacks can play now till they're like 40, 45. Yeah, he could stick around for a while. Is Brady going to play until he's 50? He Did says he, say he wants to. Yeah. Yeah, good for him. I hope he does. I hope he does. Why? Then the Jets aren't winning the division for the next 10 years. <laughs> I don't know. He's, he's, I don't, last week he looked pretty old. Started what are, looking do, pretty what are you old. talking about? Uh, he, that, uh, uh, one, of the, one of the best highlights is the um, interception for a touchdown. Watching Brady try to tackle no, whoever it was that intercepted, that was hilarious. Oh, so you're telling oh, me yeah. he can't run? Yeah, we've known that for like 15 years. No, you told me that he's, a, he's the fastest he's ever been in his career. In, this in the year. pocket. I didn't say he was fast. You, I no, said he you told me. No, you're like, this, no, this year yeah, Brady's I swear, the fastest. I'm so pissed at you right now. He's such an athlete. <laughs> <laughs> I said he can move well in the pocket, which is true. That's a Best true statement. Ever. That's what I've been hearing. You, basically, you're saying he's getting better, faster, more athletic as he's getting older. Totally looked at. Absolutely. I totally agree. He's getting better with age. He's like a fine wine. Yeah. I know. I know. You guys should just keep holding on to that. You realize that if the playoffs started this week, that it would be Jets traveling to New England for the first round of the playoffs? Oh, boy. That'd be awesome. Bring it. I think the Patriots are still going to sneak into that one or two seed. Even though right now they're the three seed, but I, I think they can still get to the one or two seed. Yeah, we'll see. Either way, good good week for the Jets. Crappy week for you guys. Sorry about your bad luck. Let me uh, let me have my week because it probably won't last. So <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. The NFL has had a lot of exciting finishes, you know, down to the wire games over the last couple weeks. It's like they, I mean, the Aaron Rodgers thing on Thursday night was insane. Um, last week, what was it? Last Monday, the Ravens scoring the, on the last second blocked field goal. It's like the NFL has a deal with the devil, and because they just get these, everything good happens to the NFL. Essentially, the only problem with that Monday night game was it was Ravens uh, Browns, and so no one was watching. Nobody was watching, so nobody <laughs> right. saw it until until they saw SportsCenter the next day. And he probably stepped out of bounds. See, I don't, I don't even. I I heard about it, but I didn't even see it. I was watching Stat Tracker. That was the only thing I was watching. Because oh, yeah, you just were, to make you were sure. counting on somebody trying to win your fantasy game that week, right? Yeah, I had uh, Buck Allen, and he took he took uh, he went off this week, which helped me. But I'm out of the playoffs in that league, so it didn't help me as much. Last week, if he had did what he did this week, I would have won. So, thanks, Buck. <laughs> Again, you can't be counting on Buck Allen to win your fantasy. <laughs> kind of a beast, though. He's going to be a good keeper next year. He's going to. He's not going to be a. He's going to be a, a, a late round keeper for me. It's going to be very valuable. I'm excited for him. I'm happy for you. And he's got a great name, Buck Allen. That's a good football name. It's a good is, sports name. It is a good football name. <laughs> yeah, I wish my name was Buck Allen. <laughs> we should change it. I should to Buck Allen. You'd be the best podcaster going. Yeah, and now my podcast with Buck Allen. Oh, that's great. That is good. <laughs> the Bronx Pinstripe Show with Buck. 
Yeah, you might get booted from that in the, the <laughs> intro. Just the Bronx Pinstripe Show with Buck Allen. <laughs> you can introduce yourself after we start. But Other than Buck Allen and Buck Walter, I can't think of another Buck in sports. Uh, Joe? Joe Buck. Yeah. Oh. yeah, you just ruined it for me. <laughs> no, he's not bad, man. He's not bad. <laughs> Everyone gives him shit, but he's not bad. He's better without McCarver, I think, because Reynolds and Verducci make him look so good. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. It should, next year, it should just be A-Rod. A-Rod and Buck. I'll add that would be funny, actually. That A-Rod would be entertaining. And A-Rod, even, if the Yankees are in it, A-Rod can call it from the dugout because he's just DHing. Alex Rodriguez and Joe Buck in like a – in a, in a like a, a, a color commentary play by play role would be the most polarizing booth in baseball history. Yeah, except that, now everyone is starting to love A Rod. He'd be the good guy. It'd be perfect PR for A Rod actually. His team should set that up because everyone hates on Joe Buck. That's the easiest thing to do in in on Twitter. Yeah, but if, if A Rod did Joe national Buck. games, if he did like a, the Fox game of the week oh, every week, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If he if there was like the two of them every week, I mean. I think everybody outside of the Yankees population, Yankees fans, still doesn't like Alex Rodriguez. I don't think they hate him as much, but I don't think they, they don't like him. So I think it would be I think it would be great entertainment. It would be good TV. He's starting to win the hearts and minds of the public. I really think you're, under, public, you're underestimating that. Yes, the, uh, the general public, the general baseball fan public. The I don't know. Man. We'll see. I guess. There, I mean, it's just if if Barry Bonds can get a job in baseball again. And uh, oh yeah, you got Bonds, you got McGuire. Oh, they're got, all in baseball. Pete Ramirez. Rose is the only one. Pete Rose is sitting there with his tuxedo, his black hair. He's just like wondering what you know when his call is going to be. When when am I allowed in? <laughs> He's like, all I did was bet on on my team. Everybody yeah. else cheated the game. Yeah. It's so like, I, I just had a lot of confidence in my guys. If you're Barry Bonds, why the hell do you want to be the hitting coach for the Marlins? Baseball, man. He's a baseball guy. It's but, like, you're... to travel 162 games a year with, with like, the he didn't even play for the Marlins. It's not like he's doing it for the Pirates or the Giants where it's, he's got some ties from his career there. It's, he just wants to go back to the grind of, of baseball, I guess? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's for the love of the game right there. That's, that's, that's what's he's telling. He's got to start at the bottom and work his way up if he wants to. I don't know. If he I wants know, to maybe continue. He, yeah, maybe he wants to be a manager, I guess. I don't know. Yes, I don't know. So how is he allowed in the game and then Pete Rose isn't? I guess because it was an actual conviction, like a, like it was black and white. Steroids, I mean, you're not banned from baseball if you do steroids. I mean, if you do it I mean, for three times, you get caught three times, you are. But don't but. you see a double negative here? This is, I mean, or not a, a double standard. This is a complete double standard. It, I mean, it, it, I just feel bad for Pete Rose. To, that's, that's what it comes down to. Because the man, I mean, was one of the best baseball players you know, in, of his generation and the history of baseball with, with some of the numbers that he did and the way he played the game. It's hard to defend what Pete Rose did. It's hard to defend what a lot of these guys do, though, but they're still around. It's just there's so many it's more of them. To def- what, if, what if everybody was got caught cheating or got caught uh, gambling? I mean, but you that, have signs in the in the clubhouse that say no betting on baseball. Back, you know, in the steroid era, there were no – it was anything goes. So I think what Pete Rose did was worse than – it was just it was just accepted. That's all. It, it's, it's just a it's, a it's a mindset. It was baseball was struggling, so they introduced steroids because we needed home runs to bring the game back, to bring the the fans back in the seats, and to get the the you know the uh, all the, the stadiums crowded again. I mean, it was a ploy by Major League Baseball. It was just accepted by baseball because it brought a lot of money. Whereas the other uh, where Pete Rose it, it had no monetary value for the for Major League Baseball. It's all it's all a bunch of nonsense. It's all a bunch of yeah. politics. 
DraftKings and and uh, FanDuel's really missing an opportunity with Pete Rose. Making him no, like the face the face of did, their he advertisement. Did, he did one though. He had one. He it was did? called uh, Sports Bop. Yeah, they did were. Uh, yeah, I don't even know if they're still around, but Sports. it was like a but but it had something to do with um, it had something to do with uh, with with fantasy and uh, yeah, it was it was it was betting. I think it was a similar concept. Sports Bop. Maybe that's not right. Sports. Uh, it was something along those lines. It had something to do with betting. That would be my first move if I was DraftKings CEO. I'd get Pete Rose on the phone, and he'd be the new face of my marketing campaign. Yeah, but it's kind of a joke at that at the same time. But he yeah, was what one is, of them. What is fantasy sports? It's entertainment. Yeah, it's a huge business right now too. I got. I'm looking up the uh, the name of this website. What it was. Well, I mean, still the whole thing with the Barry Bonds versus Pete Rose thing. My my take is you can I can defend steroid use easier than I can defend betting on baseball because at least with steroids you're trying to make yourself better to win whereas Pete Rose was potentially throwing games and no he was that's the whole thing he wasn't throing games he was betting that? on him how do he you, was betting on his own team and so now we're trusting Pete Rose as yeah. an outstanding individual you're telling me if he if he needed to cover... I'm not defending Pete Rose and what he did this is not what I'm doing here you're missing the point the, the point is the, the the both of these people but both of this the the gambler and the steroid user affected the game in a negative way by cheating the game it's 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 the same thing it's the, the principle of cheating the game these guys took steroids to get a, a an advantage over other players and hit ridiculous amounts of home runs because of it. It affected the game in a a complete negative way for a decade plus. Like this was a much bigger problem than Pete Rose betting on a couple games. Like some degenerate gambler betting on a couple games. That in my opinion, I mean, honestly, I don't think it was, it's, it's the same principle. I mean, it's both cheating the game. I just think one is worse. Yeah. All right. So uh, so let's get into some of the topics and the news that has happened over the recent uh, couple days. Big, big names have gone off the board. First being David Price signed a deal with the Red Sox. It's the largest total contract for a pitcher in Major League Baseball history. Seven years, $217 million. That's $31 million a year. He does have that opt-out after the third year like CeCe had. So assuming he has three good to very good years, he's probably going to opt-out. And we'll see if the Red Sox are ballsy enough to let him walk. I mean, in hindsight, that's probably what the Yankees should have done with CeCe. Um, you know, obviously, we don't know if the Red Sox are going to do that. But, you know, uh, Rich, what do you got, what do you think about this price signing? I mean, it's so much money for a guy who is 30. How old is he now? 30? Yeah, he's going to be 31 um, next season, at some point next season. Right. And we know about his postseason numbers, but... I mean, he said in his press conference that he's saving all of his postseason wins for the Red Sox, which if I was a Blue Jay fan, I'd be pretty, you know, <laughs> that's kind of like a back. No, I mean, I, I don't think Price just, meant it to be like a. He was just making light like, of his of the situation that his, he's right. not been very good in the playoffs. Right. But, I mean, you mentioned CeCe. I think this is going to be, this is going to play out for the Red Sox just like it has for the Yankees with CeCe. It's going to be a great deal for, you know, three, four years. Um, and then if he ends up staying with the Red Sox, they're going to really pay for it on the back end. There's been some uh, – so up in Boston, there's been – it's kind of like mixed. People either love it or they're v- questioning the Red Sox mentality and overall organizational philosophy, I guess, because they didn't sign John Lester last year to probably, what, 75% of the money 
what like whatever whatever it turned out to be even less than that and then they turn around and give price all that cash when at least they could say we know what lester is he's been on the team before and he's succeeded in the playoffs so there's that also if price can handle boston because he gets pretty snappy on twitter sometimes at fans and red sox fans much like yankee fans are not as laissez-faire as tampa ray fans or blue jay fans so that could be an issue as well at the end of the day they uh one of the biggest, I think, things you take away from this is that the Boston Red Sox got David Price based on his uh, regular season success. And a lot of these GMs, I guess, they don't put the stock. It's it's like a reverse thing with, with a batter because I think a lot of guys, offensive guys, position players, can, can earn a lot of money in the playoffs. Uh, pitchers too. But if you struggle, it's seen as a negative if more of your position player whereas if you're an arm it, it doesn't it doesn't affect you as much and with him getting that massive contract uh, with you know and then looking at his success or lack of in the playoffs it's pretty telling you know what gms are looking at they're looking at the long haul and they're just seeing i think what they're thinking is that you know maybe this guy had a few bad days and it's not you know in uh indicative of what he really is right i mean his next playoff start he, he could easily go out and you know toss eight innings of, of- no, you know, no runs, two hits, ten strikeouts. I mean, I saw a stat with Justin Verlander. I don't remember exactly what the numbers were, but his first, you know, seven career postseason starts were awful. You know, he had like a seven ERA or something, and then since then he's had like a two ERA. So, I mean, it could change quickly in the playoffs. Yeah, and actually, right. CC's numbers before he got to the Yankees were not that good in the playoffs, and he, right. he obviously turned it around and it, and has been very good in the playoffs for the Yankees actually. So there's the question. I mean, we, you know, we're looking at a CC Sabathia contract. I'd say a relatively similar contract in the in the years, and maybe the money wasn't the same, but in in a concept that was similar. But CC won the Yankees, and we got a championship with him. So if if Price wins the chip, is that what they're looking for? I mean, they're looking for that one good year where everything works out, and they win one championship, and then that entire contract's worth it, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. I think CC's worth is you know worth every penny for the first four years, yeah, and they won no a doubt. championship, so you know it paid off. So I think and, you know, for them, they're looking at that as a gamble, you know, a seven-year gamble, and that they get one championship. Right. I mean, teams know they're taking a risk with offering these big money deals. They're gonna they're gonna love it for the first three, four years, but they know that you know the the price of paying a guy like Price, you're gonna have to deal with it for the you know the last however many years three four years that he's going to be you know pretty on the downside so they had to do it though because their rotation was garbage they did yeah. not have an ace they didn't even have a number two as soon as Dombrowski went over there I you, you knew that there was going to be a number one signing in Boston and Price just was you know with the history of the the two of those guys and um you know and then his his success in the regular season, I should say, in the American League East, or just at least his experience in the American League East, it was just it was a it was a fit, it was a fit for for Dombrowski, I think, and the Red Sox. So I'm I'm actually surprised because there were a lot of you know speculation and rumors that David Price was also in talks with the Cardinals. They were one of the one of the last teams in, I think, in that he was all set to go to the Cardinals until the yeah. Red Sox offer him thirty million more. It, right, and you talk about Dombrowski. Imagine being a Tiger fan 
you have to suffer with an awful bullpen for years, and then Dabrowski goes to the Red Sox and he gets Kimbrel right away. It's like if you're a Tiger fan, you've been looking for that closer for years, and then Dombrowski leaves and he gets you know the best closer in baseball. And uh, talking about their bullpen, we were just looking this up before we started recording today, but the Red Sox traded Wade Miley, who was like their number five starter last year, for Carson Smith. If you don't know Carson Smith, I didn't know who Carson Smith was, but he was a pretty damn good reliever for the Mariners last year. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing what Wade Miley will get you. Um, I certainly (laughs) didn't think the Mariners would give up a guy like Carson Smith. I mean, you look at his numbers. He went 2-5 and five last year with a 2.31 ERA in, in 70 games. 70 innings pitched, 49 hits, 92 strikeouts. So if you put him in front of Kimbrell, that's pretty good. I'm just convinced that, that the people in Seattle have no idea what baseball is. These guys are making just bonehead move after bonehead move, it feels like. You know, we're already, we're already in deep with the Seattle base. Andrew, everybody in Seattle or the, you know, the entire our state hates Andrew, so we might as well pile on top of it. These they just they're just not making good baseball moves. I mean, they're just not. I I, I don't I, I haven't seen one thing pan out. I mean, all these guys that they brought in last year too, you know the um because the, they spent a lot of money and they just they can't, they haven't put anything together in a long time since like ninety five. They're one of those teams that just keeps cha- like making kind of like big splashes every year not that this is a huge splash but obviously with Cano and then yeah remember a couple years ago they got Cliff Lee in a trade and you think it's like okay the Mariners are going to take the next step the Mariners are going to take the next step and then they're somehow worse than they were the previous year this is all Don Mattingly karma from 1995 for for beating the New York Yankees and Mattingly having to retire and then all the good things happen after that damn you Ken Griffey Jr. damn you was that I mean, the last? About, oh, go ahead, Rich. I mean, how about you know Adrian Beltre on the on the Mariners? Does anyone remember that? Yeah, he sucked. Yeah, he wasn't good. And now they're talking about they're legitimately weird. talking about Adrian Beltre will make the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I've heard, there was, I, there was I a think lot of talk about that last I year. He's a Hall of Famer. How? I mean, I'm not saying he isn't, but where did this come from? All of a sudden, it was like Adrian Beltre is a Hall of Famer. The first thing I always go to is the eye test, and I never in a million years thought Adrian Beltre as a Hall of Famer in my life. That's, that's never crossed my mind. Joe Buck might have been talking about it, actually, but that's that's about it. I haven't really, when I'm looking at him, but when you break down his numbers and you look at everything, which to me, numbers are like almost out the window at this point. Yeah, you got to use the eye test now. You got to use the eye test. You're like that's you have to You have to rely on the human element now to elect Hall of Famers, in my opinion. I mean, because numbers are just done. So yeah, so I, I never I never saw him as a Hall of Famer. He's he's got a one of the best third base gloves in a long time, um, but offensively, I just I, I don't know. I never felt uh, I never I never felt uh, as him as a Hall of Famer. That was the year the Mariners also got Richie Sexton from the Brewers. Big sexy, big sexy, and big he stunk sexy. too. Yeah, um, he was good with the Indians, but that's about it. Was he with the Indians or the Brewers? He was with the Indians. That's okay. He was with the Indians at one point. I think he was with both teams. Okay. Um, Richie Sexman, let me let me talk about let me bring him up because I completely forgot about him. But the first thing I thought as soon as you said that is it, he scares me because I, I'm scared that Aaron Judge could be Richie Sexton. That, yeah. That's like a scary thought in my mind. Why? Just because he's I've giant. thought of that. Yeah, there's similar body types. Like how many guys that height have been successful Right, not that many for a long for a long period. I mean, Richie Saxon had his moments, but he wasn't 
I mean, he retired at 33, so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at his numbers now. He hit 45 home runs a couple times. I'm sure that was all natural. At what point? Yeah, in what, in what era? Uh, 2001, and mm-hmm. then again in 2003 with Milwaukee. So I did, re- yeah, I did remember That's right. with Milwaukee. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he was better with Milwaukee than Cleveland. And then he got paid from Seattle, and he stunk. <laughs> that, you got to give up that Nintendo money. And then uh, finish his career with our Yankees. Retired as a Yankee. There you go. Oh, I forgot about that. That was 2008. That was a dark time. Is this the curse of Richie Sexton coming up? God, I hope not. I hope <laughs> uh, Richie Sexton after, did not curse us and we that. just found this out. We just realized there was a curse. Judge is taller, I think, right? Than Sexton? Sexton was 6'6". Six, six. How tall is Judge? 6'7", I believe. I mean, I, I don't really know. I, every Every report says that Judge is athletic. He doesn't play like a six seven person would where it's not like lanky and awkward he he's, seems to be very athletic so i guess that's encouraging yeah he's different he's definitely a different player i think section is is more of he, he was definitely a more of an awkward uh awkward player in the in the way that he ran and played the field and things like that aaron judge definitely seems to have more uh more coordination i'd say and just a, a he just he feels more of like a complete player in a six seven frame. He's more of a hitter, like a line drive type guy, I think, than Sexton was just you know forty five yeah. home runs. Sexton was all thing. uppercut, just yeah, yeah. Hit, hit bombs, which yeah. also plays well for Judge because you know you can I don't want to say develop power, but it can come you know once you learn how to hit a little bit more, you right. can go from being a doubles gap hitter to like a twenty five to thirty home run hitter. That happens. Well, but yeah, Cano, with the Cano six seven never... frame, I mean, it's that much easier. Right. Cano, I mean, not to compare Cano to Judge, but Cano never hit home runs in the minors, and he comes up to the big leagues, he's hitting 30 home runs a year. So exactly, guys can, you know, develop power over time. Let's just hope Judge doesn't go to Seattle in 14 years from now. You could write another column. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Diamondbacks also made a splash. So as of last Thursday, Price was the highest paid player, and then as of Friday, Granke was the highest paid player. He's now making $34.3 million per year, signed six years, $206.5 million from the Diamondbacks. Man. This was after, I guess, um, remember we talked about Cueto turning down $120 million from the Diamondbacks? So clearly they're serious. Um, I know they have um, Goldschmidt, who's one of the best players in baseball, but, I, I, I mean, they don't really have a great team. To be going after a guy like Granke, who's not exactly young, um, I mean, he's got a, he's a win-now kind of guy. It's kind of interesting for the Diamondbacks to be doing that. Yeah, $34 million is a lot for a guy who's 32 years old who, had, you know, you got to figure he's going to be on the downside soon, right? Um, well, it's, been- it's tough to say that, though, because he had one of the best seasons in recent history for you know a, a major league baseball starting pitcher i mean he's the dude had a ridiculous year and probably got robbed of the of the cy young because of the late of the late push uh, by arietta but i think you know if you look at beginning to end grinky had the better season Granky pitched in in LA though. That's a great pitcher's ballpark if i'm not mis- mistaken arizona is a hitter's ballpark right I don't know the. I don't know. I always remember that being a hitter's ballpark because of the desert air. The ball travels pretty well. Uh, that, that dry air. Yeah. I don't know. Doesn't that help? I have no idea. Oh, I don't know. I'm not a weatherman. Anyway, <laughs> he's now going to be the guy. They, all the pressure is on Granky in Arizona. 
Kershaw was the number one guy in L.A. It was nice for Granky to just go out there every day after Kershaw just mowed a team down and and sort of, you know, ride that wave. Might be a little different when he's the number one guy. We've known, he's, we've known he has a little bit of mental issues in the past. When you're in Arizona, though, I don't know what the expectations are. Like, I don't know how hard the media is or if the fans are, like, really expecting greatness out of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, I mean, outside 2001, you know, how, how, much, how much have we seen out of, that t- out of that team, out of that franchise? So I, I have a feeling the, the, the fans are not going to be as tough on, on a guy that's uh, their number one guy coming over. I think they're just excited that he's there and that they have a guy like that. They had two million attendants in 2015, so that's about half of what the Yankees maybe did, less than half. So, and the last the last time they've had a bona fide, bona fide ace, right, was Randy Johnson. Kurt Schilling is when they had those two guys. Ian Kennedy. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I think he won, tw- he won 20 games with them. I think. Did he? Yeah. I was kidding, but he did win 20 games. I think. It's like the opposite of Shelby Miller. Yeah. That's like a Nathan Evaldi season, huh? No. We'll, we'll talk about that later in the year, see if Evaldi can, can crack 15 wins again. Um, Samarja is also gone. Destroy 15 wins. Uh, 90 million for five years for the Giants. The Giants, I know, were targeting Greinke, so I guess Samarja was their number two choice. It's pretty crazy that a guy with a four ERA coming off a pretty mediocre year can get 18 mil a year. But I guess that's baseball now, right? That's baseball, Susan. Yeah, and especially for a guy who doesn't have a lot of innings under his belt, I think that's attractive to teams. Because uh, you know, all these teams worry about Tommy John surgery and whatnot, and Samarja's coming in with not as much, not as many innings as these other guys. So, but it's still amazing that you pitch to a five ERA, you still get eighteen million a year. Is ERA yeah, I mean, five this year? Those he closed the season with a six plus ERA. Four point nine six. Yeah, it was four point nine six overall. Wow. Yeah, second half of the season he was bad. He was in the sixes, I believe. And I mean, the the place where he showed success was in the National League with the Cubs. Right? He had a good year. He showed a little bit when he was with Chicago. Got that uh, got that deal over in Chicago, on the other side of Chicago, and then now back with the uh, a National League team with the Giants, and and you know hopefully they can. He's th- they're thinking I guess he can regain some of that, but. It's it's tough seeing that much that much money go into a guy with a five ERA. That's that's crazy. And the yeah, Giants, I don't think, are done, right? I mean, they've been ta- they were targeting Granky. Obviously, they didn't get him, but I've I've heard rumors that they could get Hayward or um, Cespedes. Yeah. yeah. So they're definitely not done. Obviously, they're going for it. They need to retool after missing the playoffs again after they won a World Series. So interesting, interesting to be a Giants fan, I guess. And Tim Lincecum's a, is he a free agent? Is, I mean, is he is he on the face of the planet anymore? Talk he about a, a talk agent. about a fall, man! That guy just fell off the face of the planet. Yeah, I don't think he's really relevant anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Not he did not have a body that was going to be uh, good for long term success. Right, especially with that wind up he had. Yeah, yeah, it was it just it was, always seemed awkward. I mean, a lot of deception, yeah. which is why he was so good, but it, yeah, it just didn't last. And he never got really paid either. It's kind of like Dontrell Willis. We had good early success, and then I think a lot of it had to do with their mechanics. Just kind of shot them in the foot, and they just couldn't they couldn't keep it up. Because Dontrell Willis is one of those guys as well who had kind of a herky jerky uh, mechanic. He had a herky jerky um, uh, 
wind up, <laughs> wind up, thank you. And he had a lot of deception and had a lot of success early when he was thrown hard. And then, you know, people caught up to him and I think his body caught up to him and he just he just couldn't do anything. I think it's a similar situation. I remember when he was the throw in for Cabrera going to Detroit and everyone was like, Oh my god, not only did Detroit get the best hitter, they got a pitcher who could be an ace. And then I don't even think he pitched for them. He was in the he was in triple A for most of the next year. Yeah, he's a he was a name at that point, yeah. Yeah, so um, speaking of the National League West, there's a lot of stuff going on out there. The Dodgers reportedly traded for Chapman today, but then I guess, Rich, what, that, that didn't happen or the Reds are not confirming it? What's going on there? Yeah, the Reds said that they haven't, uh, you know, it's not official yet and they haven't traded him, but the Dodgers are saying otherwise. But, I mean, we saw this with uh, Matt Kemp, I think, a few years ago when he was, like, traded for a week yeah. and there, were, there there was no news, so. This might take a while to get resolved, but I'd say he'll end up in, in L.A. They reportedly got it done without trading their three best prospects, which is pretty surprising because I remember at the trade deadline last year, weren't the Reds asking for something crazy for Chapman? Like pretty much a pick of the top, you know, pick of two of the team's five best prospects or something? Yeah, I don't remember what the Reds asked for last year, but if the Dodgers can get Chapman for... You know, and, and not give up Seager, De Leon, or Urias. That'd be, you know, a win for uh, for LA. I think definitely brings into question what the Yankees could get for Andrew Miller. And do you think they'd get more or less than what the Reds got for Chapman? My kind of feeling is they'd get no, not more, either equal to or slightly less. Yeah, I agree. Chapman is established as a closer, and Miller kind of he showed that he could do it for one year. Um, and Chapman is just a freak. You know, you, you, you're, you're yeah. dealing with 100 averaging, miles an hour. Yeah, Averaging 101 miles per hour on, on your fastballs, pretty nasty. It's kind of fun to bring that onto your team. Right. He's And he's had 100 strikeouts, I think, uh, for the in four consecutive years as a reliever. And no one in the history of baseball has ever had five consecutive years with 100 strikeouts. So he's on his way to doing that next year. But, no, I agree. I think Miller would get... Um, a similar return, maybe not as much, but definitely close to him. So, Scott, we've talked about this, right? If the Yankees are going to be trading Miller, who was their best reliever last year, at least equal to Batances, and expects to be one of their biggest weapons on the team next year for guys who aren't going to play on the team for a couple years, it doesn't really make much much sense, right? Yeah, I think if you're going to if, – if you're actually going to – Listen to the Miller talks and and take them seriously. It needs to be somebody who can who who can help you out in the near future. It needs to be you know kind of a, a you know upper echelon starting pitcher prospect. But it's going to be a young guy. It's got to be a, a young guy. It can't be a, a vet. It's got to be somebody who's young. Uh, that's that's more established along you know not, not anybody in single A, double A, maybe maybe triple A. I mean I think they would consider that. But they have to be a, a, a top prospect. Uh, for in order to cash him to listen. But I honestly, I actually do believe he's really listening to this because I feel like at this point he feels that Andrew Miller is a is a chip that he can he can really cash out on at this point, no pun intended. Um, because I do believe that the Yankees have confidence in Dylan Batances to be their closer in the future. I thought that was the plan all along um, because I, I, I really do think that when Andrew Miller was signed, they had eighth inning on him. The eighth inning was, was kind of... 
where they thought he was going to be. So the fact that he took over the ninth inning role and did it very well, I feel like they have the, the way that the Yankees are thinking. This is just me speculating, but I feel like they're they're kind of playing with house money at this point, and they're and they can and they can really turn into something good for the future of the Yankees. So I, I take it seriously that they're listening to Andrew Miller deals. It's really a question that Cashman needs to think. Do I think that this team, with as currently constituted with maybe one or two additions, can win a World Series or at least make a playoff run in the next three years, which is when Miller is signed for? And if his answer is no, then he probably should trade him. Yeah, he's got $27 million left on his deal, which is you know reasonable. That's $9 million, $9 million a year, so he's a... And, uh, you know, you've got um, Chapman gone, Kimbrell gone, Melanson is, could get moved to. So closers are going to be in high demand. I think Miller has a lot of, um, you know, his stock's rising, I think. Well, he's the best one on the market at this point, right? So if someone is looking for somebody, Miller would be the guy uh, right. by, via trade. It would just have to be for a team who thinks they can win now, though. And so... It's just not really computing in my head because, okay, you're trading them to a team that thinks they can win now who would probably only be willing to give up prospects. They wouldn't be willing to give up anybody who can help them now as well. So I know the uh, the Astros were interested in Miller. Um, yeah. They were interested in signing him last year when he was a free agent. They also wanted Robertson last year, but they obviously missed out on both those guys. So the Astros could be an interesting trade partner, I think. Well, and also, I think relievers, especially guys at the end of the at the end of the bullpen in the in the closer role, can can have a long career. And he's thirty years old, so you know he's got he's got a lot of of juice still left in him. I mean, he was he wasn't a a, a closer, you know, before the Yankees. So I mean, I think his he came out as a starter. We we know the the story there. He didn't do as well, and then kind of bounced around a couple teams, and really found his role in the in the bullpen. And uh, he doesn't have the, the the you know the a lot a lot of the wear and tear on the arm like a lot of these guys do. So I think I still think people are are looking at him. You know, even if it's not next year or the year after, I think he could be a long term solution as a closer for another team if they were looking for that. Right, and he's a lefty, so that right. obviously you know extends his his career and his. Um demand i think if mike stanton could pitch until he's 49 years old or however the hell he was <laughs> andrew miller could pitch for a very long time the yankees struggled so bad to get a lefty out of the bullpen after mike stanton left i'm raising i'm gonna raise my my kid that has not been born yet to be a lefty middle reliever oh yeah breaking yeah. in like four million bucks a year no doubt dude you have a job kid you have a job until you're 50 uh just darren throw is darren oliver still pitching no, I don't think so. Well, he the Yankees pitched, owned him. He pitched for like, he pitched for I don't even know, like twenty years, just being mediocre out of the bullpen. But you know who is still pitching? Ali Perez. Oliver Perez is still pitching, and pitching out of the bullpen. I think he, well, he was on Houston last year. Yeah, I think. he he gifted the Yankees a win this year because he couldn't yeah. find the plate. Right, but he was actually like relative. He was kind of effective in the, out of the bullpen. But I remember when the Mets had him, and he, he was just. He was like a, a rising prospect, and he just got terrible. I mean, he was just like the worst pitcher in baseball. And then all of a sudden, Ali Perez is back, and he's a you know throwing. He's a lefty specialist out of the bullpen. I mean, you could do that for a long time. And Chris Capuano is still. He'll, he'll be a lefty specialist. Soon oh too. yeah, Watch. he'll be around forever. Oh yeah. Are the Yankees going to re-sign him? Just stop that. I was hoping that didn't. No. Pray to God that he's not a lefty specialist on the New York Yankees. He's mop up. Uh, more Yankees 
rumors today was that they're potentially interested in signing as Drupal Cabrera for second base. Um, Rich, Scott and I have beaten the second base horse <laughs> to death on this podcast. Rep Snyder! <laughs> I think you know what Scott wants to do. Um, it seems like they're going to do an Ackley Ref Snyder platoon unless they were to bring in somebody like Ezreal Cabrera or a couple weeks ago we heard some rumors that they could get Castro for Gardner or some sort of trade like that. Um, but are, are, Rich, are you cool with them going in with Ref Snyder and Ackley next year as a platoon? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I wish that's what they would do. You know, enough with Ezreal Cabrera. Like, I understand that he's a better defensive in uh, middle infielder, but just give Ref Snyder a shot. You never know what you might have with him. And if you don't, and he goes somewhere else and does well, it's going to be torture to watch. So, Well, you say Asdrubal Cabrera is a better middle infielder, and he's played shortstop the majority of his career. We looked up his his stats on defense. He's played 210 games, um, uh, uh, 1,700 out of 9,000 career innings, which is about 19% at second base. So, yes, I know he's a pretty solid shortstop, and I guess that can translate to second base, but it's not like you're bringing in a gold-glove winning second baseman. It would be also kind of like a stopgap question mark. Kind of sounds like Stephen Drew, maybe? A little bit? A little bit? A little, 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 little Steve, Stephen not Drewish? Far, not far off, really. It's really not far I mean, off. I'm not going to – I think it's an insult to call uh, Cabrera a, a – a, or a, yeah, a Stephen Drew because – I think anybody being compared to somebody who hit below the Mendoza line for you know three quarters of a season is insulting. But so, if you I'm look sorry. at Steven Drew's stats from say three years ago, they're pretty much as Drupal Cabrera's stats. Cabrera is a two sixty hitter, two seventy hitter. Yeah, I would venture to guess I, Steven Drew up until the last year and a half has been oh, about Steven a two sixty hitter. Two sixty. Right, keep talking. Two, I'm looking it up. Steven Drew is a two sixty hitter in his dreams. <laughs> I don't. Maybe two, he was a, a two sixty hitter in college or in high school. I don't know, but. Yeah, but it just it seems like a similar move to me. Yeah, it's like it would be a shorter contract for a guy that that you know plays good defense, you know is is adequate with the bat. But you know what? I don't want that anymore. I I'm so right. sick of looking at that. Give me athleticism. Give me youth. Give me Rob Refsnyder. In seven seasons with Arizona, Stephen Drew hit two sixty six. Okay, you got from 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 oh six to two thousand fourteen, he hit two fifty six. But essentially, you're, if you were to sign as Jubal Cabrera, it would be a, a short-term fix for a problem that... Unless, what do you a think problem? They, Why is it a problem right now? It's I, not a problem. I, I was going to say a problem that you might actually have a solution for with Ref Snyder. Right. But so, what would you say if they packaged Gardner, Ref Snyder, and say other prospects for pitching, and then they signed Cabrera? That's, I mean, then that's fine. What if they had another deal in the works? Because that just, you know, that that would create such a lot. They have Brendan Ryan too. Don't forget about him. Oh yes, Brendan Ryan oh, and stop. Pete Cosma. They well, that's more minor league depth, but depth, but still. And Cosma think, is 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 what Stephen Drew should have been last year. Oh yeah, he's, he's a good depth guy. You know, no doubt. I mean, that's a good. I think that's a good signing. Honestly, like, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so you're talking about packaging these guys. For, it would, I mean, I'd have to see who the pitching, who the right. who the pitcher is, who we get in return. I mean, I'm not I'm not opposed to it if, if it betters the team. I'm saying I don't want to bring in a second baseman as a free agent and 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 have these guys still there. And now right. just, it just makes no just, sense. 
Right, just signing Cabrera on his own and having these other guys stay there makes no sense. There would have right. to be another move, you know, but I'd have to see what that is before I'd be okay so with it. So if this is Cashman just listening to offers and saying, hey, I have contingency moves, if I do this and that, then then I'm cool with it. You know, it is what right. it is. Right. Um, but, uh, I mean, I, I just I just so badly want to see Rob Refsnyder in the major leagues for a full season. God damn, I want to see it so bad. Let's go. I need to see this. Like they brought him up, they sent you know he hit that home run in Fenway. He had some success. They brought him up at the end of the season. He had some yeah. success. I think he's hungry. Give give the kid a shot. Right. I just posted a gif on. Uh, check out the Bronx Pitcher's Twitter. It's not it's not a new clip. I've used the clip before, but I mean really, the the dude can't play defense. I mean, look at it and, and you you tell me he can't play defense. That's an athlete. Don't you think he's just going to get better though? He's played yes, two, he's two get professional better. seasons. He's an athlete. He's an athlete. <clears throat> two professional seasons at second base. He was an outfielder yes. before this. Give him some time to get used to the position. No doubt. And I know we've mentioned this before off the air, but Ref Snyder, Bird, Severino, Judge—they all love being around each other. I think they're they they're have, bros. They, this is a, a bro squad. Yeah, they go back and forth on Twitter. They've built up this camaraderie. I just want to see what it looks like for them to be playing together at the major league level for once. Do you, do you think? Do you think it's a a, a complete shock and a, by accident that uh, our our new hitting coach came from the minor leagues and who oh, has no. a lot of experience with these guys? I, if you think that that's by accident, Yankee fan, look at look at who we look at look at what's going on there. There's 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 a lot of writing on the wall saying, hey, we want to make this transition smooth. For a lot of these guys coming up, I, I don't believe that the Yankees are looking to trade a lot of these guys. Ruff Snyder is the only wild card to me because I don't understand. I don't know where he stands with the organization. You know, I, I don't know what happened or whatever. We've talked about that a million times, but um, there, you know, there was a reason. There was a reason why uh, you know we have minor league coaches coming up to the major leagues now. I feel. Right, and Marcus Timms is a relatively recent former player. You know, he right. can relate. He can relate to these guys, and I think that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to get younger in the coaching staff because when they bring these guys up, they want the the um, acclimation to be you know seamless. So they know they know who they are. They know the hype around these around what they're doing right now. I, I believe they know that. Rich, it was a great point you made about that. They seem to have chemistry at least off the field. I mean, all we know is really them from social media, but when you look at like a team like the Royals play, they all grew up playing together and you can almost see it in their personality, how aggressive they are. I'm not saying all these guys are going to turn out to be how the Royals system has been, but there is something to be said for growing up playing with one another, growing up through the system. You you feed off that. I mean, look right. at the Yankees in the 90s. They all right. came up together and they won together. I think it's a lot easier to do that than it is to bring in a collection of guys that have never played with one each other one another before. Might not get along. You never know what's going to happen. Right. So, they've they've failed together. They've won together. And I think that creates such a strong bond that you can't replicate that by signing a big money free agent. Like you can't duplicate that. That's I, I think I think people overlook chemistry in baseball a lot because 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 baseball is such an individual sport on a team, you know, I mean it's it's one on one when you're pitching and batting. It's it's one guy fielding a ball. I think it gets overlooked the chemistry, but honestly, the chemistry in the dugout and and you know, if anybody who's played baseball knows if you're having if you have a good team and you guys all get along and you're having fun in the clubhouse and fun in the dugout, 
it, it translates. It just it makes everything that much better, and you're you're more loose. You have more confidence in the guys on the field with the you know with the other guys you're playing with. You know if 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 uh, if, if if Buddy gets up and he gets a hit that you're going to you're going to follow that up too because you just you just have that that instant chemistry you know I, it, it makes a lot of it makes a lot of difference i think on the field so i think we I, saw I think that's a big some point. good things with the yankees this year i thought they had overall good team chemistry i think i agree they didn't have necessarily the talent on the field at the end of the year but for the first two thirds of the year they were pretty good and seemed to be getting a long team adding some more young guys to that is not going to hurt that it's only going to help it it's been proven this year, I and mean, we've seen it over this over this year and the last year, I think, that Major League Baseball post-steroid era has become a young guy's sport. The the guys who are young mm-hmm. and athletic are dominating the sport, and the teams who have the the most young and athletic guys that are gelling together and that are, are, are you know are hitting on all cylinders are the ones that are succeeding. It's not the ones that are bringing in the big big name free agents that uh, you know that are that are they're not. They're just a, a name or just a, a guy who's had success in the past. I, I think it's a lot of chemistry, a lot of guys gelling together, and I think their Kansas City Royals were a very good example of that. Right, and that's why free agents now are hitting. You know, they're hitting free agency later than they used to. Now teams are locking up their younger. They see the importance of having younger players. Yep. So <clears throat> it's just a big thing that I wish the Yankees would incorporate. So that's why they should stick with Ref Snyder at second base and you know use Ackley as a as a lefty platoon, but give them a chance to and start to their, the season. And to their credit, Rich, right, they they did that, right, during the, during the trade deadline. I mean, we what they did what we wanted them to do. Right. Maybe maybe they didn't go out and get a guy that, that, that could have helped the team a little bit more this year, but they didn't – they were never really in the running for any of those big guys because what it would have taken was our top prospects. And as a Yankee fan – you know, I, I could speak collectively from the Bronx Pinstripes crew, just from our conversations behind the scenes, and from what I see on Twitter from from the rest of the Yankee fans. Nobody wanted to get, nobody wanted to give up those guys, even for a guy like Price or, you know, one of the top or Cueto. No, nobody wanted to give that, that guy up. I feel like Yankee fans are very much invested now in the younger players. Well, we saw them mortgage the future year after year throughout the 2000s. It's right. finally nice to see them do something different. Yep. All right, so before we get out of here, I want to do five questions with you guys, um, sort of quick hitters. Uh, we'll go to each each person in the on the podcast and just sort of get your take on it. So the first question actually relates to just what we were talking about. But uh, if you were the Yankees, would you trade elite prospects for a pitcher like Chris Sale, Sonny Gray, Jose Fernandez, Shelby Miller? Not that all of those guys are available, but we definitely saw that you know Jose Fernandez, uh, the Marlins are making him available. Um, so Scott, would you trade guys we just talked about, Aaron Judge, Gary Sanchez, uh, maybe even Luis Severino for a a top pitcher like one of those guys? Yeah, it's a really good question, and I think when we're talking about the guys that you named, the Chris Sales, the I'll name two of these guys because I don't think Shelby Miller's were on, on that list. I don't think I would I would get I, maybe I just don't know enough about him, but um, the Chris Sales and the Jose Fernandez, I would would absolutely give up uh, some of our top prospects because and the reason is is because these guys are, are young dudes who have you know phenomenal phenomenal arms and they are top flight starting pitching and we've seen now top flight starting pitching wins games wins in the playoffs and and can win championships so yes I, I think there's a there's a very select few that I would give up uh, some of our big guys for but if we're talking about young pitching that we can control contracts yes I would do it rich. 
Yeah, no, that's basically what I was going to say, too. I, I would trade guys like Judge. I don't know about Severino. I'd want to hold on to him if I could, but I would trade elite prospects for Sale, Fernandez, and not... I agree with Scott. I don't know much about Miller and what the hype is around him. Um, and Sonny Gray, I think, gets hurt too much. Um, but I think when you have a chance to get pitchers of the, of the caliber of, of Sale and, and Fernandez, I think you have to, it's a no-brainer. You have to do it. Let's quickly talk about the Jose Fernandez stuff today, though. It basically came out that the Marlins are looking for the biggest of all halls of prospects for Jose Fernandez, which, I mean, makes sense. What's he, 23 years old? I know he just came off Tommy John surgery, but, I mean, really, does that hurt guys' careers anymore? I think it just helps them. So you would be talking about trading Judge, Sanchez, and probably two other maybe not top, but very good prospects. Mateo, Mateo would definitely yeah, be in that Mateo deal. Mateo and maybe Lingren or somebody like that. You'd be talking about giving up a haul like that. If, if if my team was one piece away from being a world championship caliber team, you know, if I needed that one ace, I would I would do the I would make that deal. But seeing where the Yankees are now, I wouldn't sell the future for one pitcher. So I guess it would have to it would have to be I'd have to look at what the situation of my team is yeah. at the moment. Yeah, I'm kind of torn. It's tough because. On the one hand, it's not like Jose Fernandez is 32 years old and you got three years to win with him. You could have 10 years to win with him. So He's a stud. I mean, the kid's a stud. That's that's probably the one guy. Chris Sale's a little bit older, uh, but I think Jose Fernandez is that one guy that, that you're looking at uh, giving a lot up for. Chris Sale is the nastiest out of all those guys, though. I hate Chris Sale. He's filthy. And I can't stand when we see him. <laughs> All right. Let's go to the next question. Um, so as it stands now, if the season started tomorrow, the rosters are what they are. In the AL East, ranking the five teams, how would you rank them? Rich? Uh, I got to go Blue Jays one because they're the defending uh, AL East champs. Red Sox two. Yankees three. Uh, Orioles four. Uh, Rays five. Scott? Yankees, Red Sox, Blue Jays, Orioles, Rays. <laughs> You're such a homer. <laughs> I'm just optimistic. I feel like the, the things that we did this year with the team that we had, we can only do better. Let's go. So the Blue Jays offense, The Blue Jays are going to suck. No, they're not going to suck because the their offense is disgusting. Now I, I hate mean, the Blue Jays. I, I, just, oh, I, I hate just, the Blue Jays. I just put a line in the sand. I hate them. I hate them. <laughs> oh, I put a line in the sand like five months ago. <laughs> But, and I'm, I'm glad Price went to the Red Sox because I hate them again, too. But I think people are underselling how mediocre the Blue Jays' rotation is. I mean, Stroman looks like he's going to be a solid pitcher. But is Jay Happ really scaring anybody? He's probably going to be their number two. They just got Chavez, too. Jesse Chavez. He's all right. But the point is... Did that just happen? Not just right now, but... Oh, uh, I didn't see that sign yeah, yeah, that's a decent signing. I, you're right, though, Andrew. The the Blue Jays line, the Blue Jays rotation, much like this year, didn't scare me much. And I think until they added a lot of those guys, uh, I don't know. I just I don't know. I, gonna I feel like to bash. Gonna go they're going to have to bash to win games, which they're capable of doing. So I think if I were ranking them, I would go Blue Jays. I would say a healthy Yankees team is number two. I know I'm putting you that can't say put that caveat in there. <laughs> Yankees, Red Sox. Rays, Orioles, which I think is what Rich said. But um, Yankees and Red Sox is going to be pretty close next year. I mean, 
not, I mean, even though we kind of bash the price signing that it's way too much money, it still obviously makes them a much better team. So, And they were yeah, starting I mean, to come on at the end of the year. No, they're definitely a better team. There's no doubt. Their offense is going to be good. Their offense is what really picked up last year. And their, their outfield's kind of scary, actually. They're, they're extremely athletic in the outfield. And they got and three center fielders. Yeah, three center fielders playing the outfield. Yeah, crazy. and I mean, who knows with that kid Makata too, what he's gonna do oh. if he if he takes another step up. You know, we we might see him at the end of the year. Dude, he looks like he's Arnold like, Schwarzenegger in yeah. like his prime of bodybuilding. That guy is massive. Yeah, who's that? I and mean, Yasiel that... looks similar to that, and we've seen what what he hasn't done after his first year. So we'll see. What were you saying, Rich? That football player that kept getting suspended for uh, Leron Landry. Yeah, <laughs> he's like Leron Landry yeah. of baseball. He's just massive. He was a jet for a minute. <clears throat> All right, so we just third question. We just saw two of the biggest contracts in Major League Baseball history with Price and Greinke. Bryce Harper is going to be a free agent after the 2019 season, in which case he'll be 25 years old. Scott, put a number on it. How much? What's his contract, years, and money going to be? Okay, so I'm not the capologist in this group, but I will tell. I'll tell you this. I think at 2019, I think the the, the trend for contracts. You know, we saw we saw Giancarlo Stanton sign a 12 year contract that was some like stupid money, like what 300 some million dollars. That first of all, it's it's a 12 year contract on paper. It's not really a 12 year contract. It's like a six year contract because he's got an opt out and he's going to opt out. And then, and then we're seeing, uh, we're just not seeing as much as many long-term deals anymore. And I think when 2019 hits, uh, a guy like Bryce Harper is going to get the most money per year of any major league baseball player Ever, I think he's going to get the most lucrative yearly contract. But I can see more contracts, you know, starting to go in in the way that the the Grinky contract went this year. I think, and and for you Mets fans, if you if you're listening to this, if anybody are, are crossovers, the Bobby Bonilla, if you will, which is like my favorite thing to talk about. He's like the fifth highest paid guy in the Mets right now. But I think we're going to see more defa- de- deferred contracts. I think we're going to see, um, you know, maybe shorter term contracts, but rather than like a signing bonus. What the what they're going to do is start deferring uh, a lot of the money towards after retirement. I, I see that as a trend because uh, you know I feel like a lot of these contracts are getting overblown and people aren't living up to them. But you know they can get their bang for their buck in the beginning and then defer the money later, which helps the team with cash flow as well. So I kind of see that as a trend moving forward. But I, I do believe in 2019 when Bryce Harper is when he is a free agent, he's gonna he's going to warrant the highest yearly salary of any baseball player ever. All right, Rich, you're, you're Brian Cashman or some other GM in 2019. What are you signing Harper for? Uh, I mean, he's agent Scott Boris, right? So he's going to want the top of the top, the best deal he can get. He's not going to sign a hometown discount. $3 billion. (laughs) I say it's going to, it's going to take $400 million. I'd say that's so ridiculous. Three, three, I'd say 300, 350 to $400 million. Okay, well, I say four fifty. For how many years? Twelve years. Right, but so, but there's not. See, that's the thing about these contracts, though. You're saying twelve years, like okay, that's fun and games to to like look at a contract and be like, oh my god, it's twelve years for four hundred million. But there's going to be a clause in there at like six years saying, you know, the player would be dumb not to have a six year uh, a six year clause to say, let me renegotiate. So I just did the math. Four uh, four fifty divided by twelve is thirty seven and a half. So I'm upping it to 500 million. 
but it's not going to be it's it's not going to be that every single year. It's going to be it's going to be different, you know, per year. He's going to get forty million a year for like ten to twelve years. Just it's, it's insane the way baseball contracts are going, and he's going to be twenty five years old in the middle of his twenties. Probably, him and Trout will still be the best two players in the league. He's going to get ridiculous contract that is going to make people throw up unless it's the Yankees in which case I'll be very excited because <laughs> again it's not my money like how and to go a little bit off uh, Bryce Harper but how good is it to be Matt Harvey Noah Syndergaard Steven Matt how good is it to be the, those guys right now oh knowing you're gonna I mean I can't even imagine if I was one of those guys I'd go buy stuff right now just knowing I'm getting 300 million dollars in a few <laughs> years it's insane the, the other thing we're not considering, too, is the luxury tax. The amount of luxury tax that's going to be paid by a lot of these guys um, at that point is going to be significant. So, you know, I, I know we're talking about contracts getting longer and bigger and bigger and longer. But I really do. I feel like people are going to start getting more creative with the contracts. I, I, I think they have to because at some point you just can't you just can't, you know, fiscally do these things. It just doesn't work. If you're. I, like, look, I think about like the best athletes in the other sports making half of what these guys are. Making. I know that's what I'm saying. It doesn't work. It's crazy. And baseball is by no means the most popular sport. It's probably the third most popular in the country behind football and basketball, at least by average ratings or whatever they go by. But you know how we've seen a trend? People have said, oh, throughout the 90s and 2000s, kids stopped playing baseball and they started playing football and soccer and basketball and other sports. Lacrosse. You might see them go back to baseball because it's like. I'm a great athlete. I'm going to get triple the amount of money in baseball than I could get in another sport. And I'm not going to be brain dead like I would be in football. Yeah, you don't get concussed. It's like, it's just, I don't know. You might see a trend the other way with all this money being thrown around in baseball. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is getting $22 million a year. Yeah, and he's better in his profession than Granky is in his profession. Or he's more right. important, not better, because Greinke's one of the best pitchers. But he's more important to the Packers than Greinke will be to the Diamondbacks. Well, and also there's a hell of a lot less of them. There's there's a, there's there's fewer football players, uh, you know, making that kind of money than baseball players. There's there's a hell of a lot of baseball players making that kind of money. I think I saw somewhere where this was after Price signed. Um, it was like it was it was like Steph Curry plus all of the Mets starting pitchers are making what David Price will make before the All-Star break. My favorite my favorite stat I saw about that was Price is making 1 million more than it cost to build PNC Park. <laughs> like that's I can't even uh poor Pittsburgh. <laughs> I ju- I just saw gas for $1.83. $1.83. It hasn't been that low since like, what ninety five. This is the way I see baseball contracts. I see baseball contracts going up and like getting crazy, ridiculous, and then somebody actually seeing the light and being like, "What? What in God's name are we doing? There's no possible way we can make any money off of this." And then them actually making some sense and and being a little bit more creative with these contracts. I just I don't see them just keep scaling up. I, I feel like at some point they're going to have to level out and come back to come back to Earth and, and say you know hi Earth, <laughs> this is this is a contract that that we can actually make money with. 
because well, then ticket ticket prices are going to go up too, right? Yeah, I mean, and nobody's going to go to the games right. again. It's, it's going to be and the same. And then steroids are going to be back. And well, you know, it's going to be another. Rod's going to be then. playing when he's sixty. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate that. Like, what's going to be the price of beer in ten years at a, at a baseball game? Fifty bucks. <laughs> so you could pay Bryce Harper's contract. I was just watching Fields of Dreams. It was on HBO, and it was a scene when they're at Fenway, and um, James L. Jones is like, "Oh, two hot dogs and two beers. It's for the both of them." And they, I think it was like, "Okay, that'll be seven <laughs> fifty. <laughs> it's like a bottle of water at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, half a bottle of water. It's yeah. bad." All right, going on to the next question. But if you uh, do get a bottle of water, get it, go to Cousin Brewski. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Moving off of baseball topic for a minute here, right now in sports, we got the Panthers and the Warriors who are undefeated. What do you think is more likely to happen? Panthers go 16-0 undefeated on the regular season, or the Warriors beat the Lakers' 33-game win streak, which I think is from the mid-70s. Rich, what, do you, what, what could you see happening? I could see, I think the Panthers going 16-0 is more likely because I look at the Warriors' schedule and I see <clears throat> LeBron James against the Warriors on Christmas. And that'll be for 33. Right. I think it, I think it ends there. Really? You think if they make it to 32, they won't get to the next game? Mm-hmm. Wow. You think LeBron will be, will be the stopper? I do. LeBron that's, has never been drama. the stopper. That is some drama right there. That's good stuff. I really hope that happens. I hope and, it comes down to that at least. And if you look at the Panthers' schedule, they they play the Falcons twice. They play the Giants, and the Bucks. Uh, looking yeah. at it right now, and, and the yeah, I mean, Bucks are I better. Just, the Bucks are better than we thought, though. Not that they're yeah. good, but they're better than they're probably better than the Falcons. Falcons. It's a home game for Carolina too. And just the way Carolina pulled out this game yesterday, I, I think they have uh, their eyes set on sixteen and zero for sure. Or Scott, I didn't realize what the what the Carolina Panthers schedule was. I'm looking at it right now. They're gonna go 16 and 0. There's no way they're not gonna go 16 and 0. Like Rich said, they got the Falcons twice. Matt Ryan's just a train wreck right now. God, I started him my fantasy team for some stupid reason over Blake Bortles this week, and I hate Matt Ryan. I, I looked at his numbers and I saw that the Bucks had like two pass rushers out. I'm like, oh yeah, he threw for like 400 yards almost the last time. He sucked. Was that game Blake, in Atlanta? No, it was in Tampa oh, Bay. That's, but that's your first mistake. You don't start Matt Ryan on the road. It doesn't matter. It's in Tampa Bay. It's like a it's a great day in Tampa Bay all the time, isn't it? So it doesn't matter. But the thing is, Bortles goes for five touchdowns. Whatever. I'm just I'm mad. I'm, I thankfully I won the game, so no harm, no foul. But I will never make that mistake again. Um, but I'm looking at the schedule, and so it's the Falcons at the Giants at the Falcons. Uh, and then home against the Bucks. They're not losing those games. The Giants are pretty the good Giants at breaking streaks. Like, yeah, the Giants like it's like go weird and like you know, and like Eli goes for eight touchdowns, but I don't know. I don't see it happening. Cam Cam Newton looks looks like the MVP right now. Oh, he's definitely no he's, with since yeah. the Patriots lost two games, he he's got it beat over Brady, and he's getting a lot of too. fans too. He's getting a lot. I, I'm actually he's becoming one of my more favorite players in the NFL. Like one, the dude's like an amazing guy off the field. He does like a really good things for kids. Every game before he's like Tebow with the kids, and then, and then on the on, on the field he's, he's just like, anti Tebow on the field. But yeah, exactly. He can actually throw a ball, and he's getting better. And he's got a cannon, and he's a massive human being. He's just a freak. And they he's, don't he's, even have they don't even have Benjamin at wide receiver. You imagine if they yeah. had Kevin ben, Benjamin this year? How much no, better it's crazy. Be? Yeah, yeah no, he's got he's Greg Olson to throw to. That's pretty much it. 
Yeah, that's his security. Ted Ginn dropped two easy touchdown passes that were bombs. This this past, I was watching that game. He he dropped two like hail mary touchdowns that that were like eighty or sixty plus yard touchdowns. Two of them dropped them. Easy touchdowns. Well, considering Crazy. the Panthers almost blew a game to the Saints, who are not very good, I don't know. I see them losing a game. I think the Warriors are going to get to thirty-three games. I see that happen. Who are they going to lose to? Uh, the Panthers. I'd, I'd yeah, say they'll, they'll, they'll lose to the Giants. Uh, they're going to lose to the Giants, yeah, or or they'll lose one of those Falcons games because I I, I don't know. I saw that defense Love give up Giants. like thirty six points or whatever to to the to the Saints. I mean that's breezy, just clicking, you know. Breezy clicks, then then watch out. Breezy just hasn't clicked yet until that until yesterday. We'll see. Yeah, and the only I Giants I see are the ones that almost beat the Patriots. Or yeah, beat you the Patriots. secretly you secretly kind of love the Giants. <laughs> Like if, you, if the Patriots didn't exist, you'd be a Giants fan. I would because my grandfather was a huge Giants. Fan. See, there it is. There it is. It's, oh. the, it's Yankee, the deep family Giants history. Fan. There you go, Rich. It's the deep family history. You got him. <laughs> my dad. My dad says he's a Patriots fan, but he's not. He he's a Cowboys fan. <laughs> I only get text messages about the Cowboys. I never get text messages about the Patriots. So. <sighs> Um, all right, last question, and we'll get out of here. So I don't know if you guys saw this today. Uh, Papelbon filed a grievance against the Nationals because that whole issue with Bryce Harper when he got suspended, he was suspended without pay, so he's complaining that uh, he wasn't paid, so he filed a grievance with the Nationals. Got me thinking, if you had to rank the, the three biggest a-holes in sports, who would they be? Scott, we'll start with you. Ah, damn it. Okay, so Papelbon's definitely up there. He's I, 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 I'm going to put him number one. Two, number two, because I don't even know who number three would be, but I know who number one is. Number one's like the guy I can't stand the most, and it's AJ Brzezinski. I think AJ Brzezinski is the biggest asshole in major league sports. I think he's a good teammate. I think like when you're on his team, you like him, and he's like you you want him to be on your side. But when you're playing against him, uh, who was that? Uh, Jason Barrett, last oh, name yeah. Barrett. I forget yeah, his first yeah. Name. I think it was Jason. He was a catcher for the Cubs when Brzezinski, I believe, was on the White Sox and just clocked him just because it was like everything every major league baseball player wanted to do. And, and Barrett did it for him and just clocked him. And it was it was it was like one of my favorite highlights. I think I watched that 50 times. I wish Vine was around then so I could just I actually am going to turn that into a Vine and put it on Bronx pinstripes just because of this conversation. But A.J. Brzezinski is my number one, number one a-hole in, in major league sports. Um, well, number speaking, three, speaking I don't Brzezinski- know. I don't have a number three. Przinski, really quickly, uh, Ozzie Guillen, I think, had the best quote on him. I just looked it up because I couldn't quite remember it. But it's, if you play against him, you hate him. If you play with him, you hate him a little less. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, there's guys that you, you, you want on your team and that you don't want. Like Matt Barnes in the NBA. Like, he's, I, everything I hear about this dude is like, you want him on your team. Like, he'll go, he'll go after people and he'll defend you. But if he's against you, you can't stand him. Like, he's just, he's just so irritating. He's just one of those guys. So, yeah, Pruszynski's my guy. I just, I don't like him. And I'll, I'll, number three is like every red side, like Mike Timlin. I hate Mike Timlin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mike Timlin's one of my, one of my least favorite players all time that's a good one all right rich what do you got uh, i put carlos gomez number one i can't stand that guy <laughs> so he really got under your skin last year huh he's just such a clown like uh, he's a clown <laughs> two would be papelbon three 
I could do I could do Pierzynski. There was a time where he was voted every year in that SI poll as like the most hated guy in baseball. So he's I, just I could such do a that. dick. Yeah, he really, he really is. is. He's just such a. He's dick. got one of those faces that you just want to. Yeah, he it. just. Yeah, he's such exactly. A, that's why exactly. Barry. I'm so happy when he punched my. Everybody was like, everybody was so happy that I think the the umpires kind of took a step back as soon as it happened too, just for a second. Right, and if. I could also fit Greg Hardy in at number three, but that's a whole different level. Of, yeah, that's that's this, like a different. I'm going different, yeah, more. This was that's, more that's like a different list. Who so. you hate just because he's kind of a jackass and yeah. Also, I don't I mean, think part I don't of this think is he's a bad human being. I don't know enough about him. Greg Hardy's just scum of the earth. Part of this is you got to be like good enough. Sorry, what I was saying is part of this you got to be like good enough to be hated. Because if you suck, then you're just not going to be hated. It's like Papelbon <laughs> was a good pitcher for a while, so that's why I think everyone hated him. If we have a top five list, I have a new one who I just thought of. I totally forgot about Brett Lowry. I hate oh. that. I hate that dude. This year made me hate him even more too. With the antics he was pulling, I can't stand that guy. Give put him on my list too. So you guys went just baseball. I have two that are non-baseball. Uh, one of them is Floyd Mayweather, who I just can't stand, and I think he's a boring boxer, which makes me even more <laughs> mad because he makes like David Price money for every fight. <laughs> and then uh, the other one is Kobe Bryant. <laughs> Everyone is loving oh, Kobe. Oh, I don't mind Kobe. Everyone is loving Kobe during this farewell tour. Meanwhile, he's throwing up 45 bricks a game, being selfish hog that he is. I don't know. Can't stand Kobe. I don't, I don't mind Kobe. Kobe. Kobe's, Kobe's, it's Kobe. You know, like every time I shoot a three, I yell Kobe. Kobe. He's just one of those guys. All right. So. Um, any last words, guys? Any last words about the, the baseball meetings? Any bold predictions of what's going to happen with the Yankees over the next week or so? I think one thing we I, I didn't mention, or I, I forgot to, to bring it up, was Cliff Lee's a free agent. So Yeah. Yep. I, I just got something from him. 15 teams are in on Cliff Lee. That's what I just got. Yeah, a bunch <laughs> really? of probably like, here's $5 million bucks, but if you make 25 starts, you can make 15 or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Because he hasn't thrown a pitch since the summer of 2014. A long time ago. I'm done with Cliff Lee. He, he's, uh, he's burned his bridges on, in my mind. Everyone has nightmares him. about Cliff Lee catching that pop-up, not looking yeah. at it. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, Rich, thanks for coming on this week. Yeah, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right. We'll catch you guys next time. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.